Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. It's hour number three of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a terrific day. I got a question for you on the truckwreck.com fan text. Come on. Is first down too predictable from the Cowboys at 877-881-1053? And how would you fix it? Before we get to this Cowboys discussion, I do have that Stephen Jones audio coming up on the other side. He, he addressed a number of subjects yesterday with KNC, and it is it's pretty dang interesting audio. Um, but before we get there, look at this report from Jordan Schultz. The Cardinals plan to try and trade all-pro wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. He has two years and $34 million left on his contract and is likely seeking a new deal. Owner Michael Bidwell plans to express this to GM candidates. So it's one of the things that the, the candidates are getting wind of and they're leaking it to the media there's no way you can bring in DeAndre Hopkins, although one NFL team will, and it'll be a huge boost to their offense. Is there no way? I don't think so. Not with having to pay C.D. Lamb and just paying Michael Gallup. I, I, I No. No, this, this team has always just paid one wide receiver. Two years left on the deal. You technically don't have to pay another CD player for that, another two years. Another player that does his own contracts, by the way. If you wanted to do a big go for a year, uh, uh, you know, you know? Uh, five years and $150 million. <laughs> I mean, there's a number of reasons I don't think the Cowboys would ever do a DeAndre Hopkins contract. It's exciting, though. I mean, I'm not really about the go get the receiver all the time guy because the Cowboys have done it quite a bit. It did work with Amari, and then they ended up trading him for nothing, and that wasn't a big move. But DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute stud. Every time he's on the field, that guy produces. He's yeah. a dude that's worth going to get. And he's a he's a guy you could throw those YOLO Noah Brown balls to, and he, he would secure almost every one of them. He'd be like, got it. And he doesn't seem it. like a selfish player. Like, he plays well with others. He's not going to make a stink in the locker man. room. Yeah, he's the man. The question you have to ask yourself is, there's – and Zach, you and I are, are through like seventy players. Yeah, that's... is our twenty seventh player on our board better than DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, no, the answer would be probably no. not today, but in two, three years. And when you but, when you think about the value to the cost, it, I mean, I'd probably rather have my twenty seventh pick. In fairness, there are DeAndre Hopkins or Tyler Smith. Um. I mean, if you're talking about on Sunday going into Tampa, I could just trade right now Tyler Smith for DeAndre Hopkins. I would not do that. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to want your your tackle of the future. So I I see what you're saying. There are a lot of really good. I'm just we've saying seen a that, lot that, of that's, good receivers. That's the 27th pick. I mean, that's a that's a major go for type of move. And if I could get him for 27, and I'm thinking, guys, this is part of a a massive year, then I would I would consider it. Um, but it would it's so far away from the Cowboys' mo that I just I don't think it's that realistic. Well, they did trade a first round pick for Amari Cooper. Yes, but they didn't have Ceedee Lamb at that point. 
and they didn't have money tied up in Michael Gallup. That's a good point, Chief. The one, the one thing that though they've they've done is they've shown a willingness to use assets for a wide receiver. For sure, but at this point, yeah, I don't know that that's the smartest thing it's in the probably world. Probably the corner so bad, and I can talk myself out of it because there's so many good receivers in this draft. Nice. And, and we've said that for years, and we'll continue to say that for years, and that's why I'm not spending big capital financially and asset wise on that unless I'm desperate at the position but right this, now this I'm isn't not. a ton of big capital to go though this is just a two-year deal it's pretty affordable well, I don't I'm know if he's going to keep playing what, what's it going to cost to get yeah. him yeah. your first round picks right, big capital. right that could be that but, but uh, yeah it depends on what it is and he's heading for holdout you know that's why they they don't want to trade him because they're like we don't like the contract. We don't like the player. It's because he and his agent are saying, "Hey, it's uh, we're oh, we're, 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 playing, we're playing about fifty percent value right now." Okay, he and yeah. he he and and himself yeah. are are making it clear. Okay, Cowboys called design run plays fifty eight percent of the time, which tied the Niners for the highest percentage among your playoff teams. Uh, the Niners obviously do it quite well, and you have not. Dallas is now ranking, uh, averaging 4.1 yards off those first down runs. How are they this bad on first down? Okay. That is 11th out of the 14th playoff teams. So this team that was running incredibly well through about the first 10 weeks is now one of the worst, especially on first down. They are then 13th out of 14 when it comes to passing yards per play on first and 10. They are at 6.1 yards per passing play at least, but amongst the playoff teams, second to last. So, you know, they're struggling on first down a lot. I guess I could live with more of a 50-50 split. Like, I, that would be the answer to me. Like, let's just make it 50-50. We're getting more on the pass. I think we're doing enough providing deception of running, but Considering how bad the running game has been, I, I, you know, I think right now you hope for a low-scoring game. But once it gets out of control, you can't keep running. You're going to have to end up passing this ball a lot and hoping the aggression pays off. But I don't know what the solution is and what the explanation is on how a team that is so good across the board in season-wide analytics and counting numbers. They're like they're pretty dang bad on first down now. Chiafalo, do you do you find any wisdom or answers in what you're looking at over there? Well, uh, their first down and all their rushing has been bad since Steele went out. I mean, what you're finding a lot when it comes to the rushing attack, and we've talked about it, but the numbers show it as well. You are a much better uh, rushing attack offensively when Terrence Steele was healthy, and since he has not been, uh, you're talking about well over a yard per carry less. You went from almost five yards a carry to just over three yards per carry on all downs running the football wow. with Terrence Steele to without him. And then on first down, you went from slightly over four and a half yards per carry to now three yards per carry. So you, you weren't all season, you weren't a terrible running team on first down. Uh, no, but good. now you and you were you were fine running team on first down and you you ran on first down. Almost more than anybody, I think there's only four teams in the sport that ran more on early downs than the Cowboys this year. The problem is, over the last four weeks, without Terrence Steele, you're doing it at a terrible, terrible clip, and you're still going back to the well. I mean, on on Sunday versus Washington, you averaged a yard and a half on first down. Yeah. you it, it, Like, that's, that's killing you. It, it absolutely is, and I don't know if there's any way to coach around it. You know, this, this is this is 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 pretty horrible, though, and it almost creates this scenario where the entry to Anthony Brown and Terrence Steele is deep sixing this season, 
It's giving up way too many big plays, and it's totally uh, kicked the legs out from your running game. Yeah, it is. It 100% is. So, uh, I mean, you, you can always ask your coaching staff to uh, to do more from a creativity standpoint to help your players, but to some extent you need the players to play well. And yeah. clearly Tyron Smith on that right side has not been anywhere close to what you would want from him, and he certainly hasn't been anywhere close to what Terrence Steele was well, doing I, for I, I think you saw Sunday that creativity when you're not executing blocks just makes you look stupid. Um, well, and when I say creativity, it's not like, oh, let's throw the ball back and reverse it and, and fart it one way and burp it the other. It's just, it's um, it's setting your guys up for success. And if you go ask Kyle Shanahan or you go ask Mike McDaniel or Sean McSex, they do all these little things that are almost, they're unnoticeable to the naked eye. Hmm. It's not, oh, we're going trying to pull rabbit out of heads here. It's just there are certain things that these smart football guys understand, positioning, leverage. This guy's in motion for a reason because it's going to do something to the defense that's going to help my guys. So when I'm Kyle Shanahan and Trent Williams isn't here, I can still stay afloat. I'm not going to collapse. But when you're Kellen Moore and Terrence Steele leaves, you do collapse. It's eye candy. And that's the difference. It's eye candy to slow up a linebacker. Some of it is. Some of it's after There's a little bit of hesitation, absolutely. And, you know, there is some of it where, as we've talked about, it's going to take Tyron Smith and Zach Martin a little bit of time to get on the same page on that right side. Well, now you're running out of time. Now you're in a win-and-go-home situation. It's going to help getting Tyler Biotish back and you get everybody back together where they need to be. But certainly you can say, yes, the running game was struggling prior to that as well. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, Kellen Moore... Um, definitely needs to do a little bit something here to help remedy this. But you also need to make to, to execute better along that offensive front. And, no and, doubt. And credit to Dan Morse of D Magazine because he does point out that uh, when you're talking about the the poor rushing attack offensively since, since Steele left, you are talking about playing Jags, Eagles, Titans, Commanders, all those teams outside Top of nine. Philadelphia. Top six in expected points added mm-hmm. on a per carry basis. Um, and so you are playing, and then now you're going to go play uh, the Bucks, who were twelve, who were twelfth in expected points added per carry, twenty third in yards per carry allowed. So you should be running into a slightly easier run defense than what you've seen. Uh, and in the Philadelphia but, Eagles, you ran the, the ball, I think, decently well. Not not great well, by Dak, any means, but it wasn't Dak like helped that. Dak, Dak certainly helped that for sure. And that's something you need to incorporate more on Sunday or Monday yeah. night. Yeah, please, they're, Dak. They're getting back Vita Vea. That's why they haven't been good inside. Running. How much has Vita Vea been out this year? I know he didn't play on Sunday, but I thought that was just a oh, hey, no, you're going to be. Has he no, been out for no, a while? I think yeah, he's, he's been, been out a while. Okay, yeah. well then that's gonna that that changes things for sure. It's going to be back to a Buccaneer front that is going to be very difficult. Well, how to healthy move. is Vita Vea? He was going to get cleared last week, and then he's been on with, Friday he's, they decided for him to not play. Yeah, he's been dealing with a calf injury. Is the problem that he's been running into? So yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, this year. He has played. He's missed. Uh, let's see. He's missed four games. Is what he has. Okay. So and uh, yeah, it, 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 he and Akeem Hicks are pretty important players for their front. Oh, absolutely. And they've yeah. kind of taken turns missing a bunch of games, but they're anticipating they're going to get both of them back. So it's hard to say. Jerry did say this morning though that that Tyron Smith can go and have a great game. And I think that's one thing that you have to consider. Like, here's a Hall of Famer. He's getting ready for the playoffs. It could be his last game with the Cowboys, but he's old, and he's been breaking down. 
you know, when, when Jerry said that, I, I thought, man, what would that look like if Tyron Smith goes out there and, and plays a great game? Brian, do you think that's possible based on the film that you've been watching here in, in what, his three games at right tackle? He's not, he hasn't been good. Yeah. He hasn't been good. I think we're starting to see the end of Tyron Smith. And the, the problem that, that that's the problem with him is that, you know, the switch over, it's been tough on him because he hasn't he hasn't played with that quickness that we normally see with him. The run blocking stuff, the sustain has been a problem. His footwork has been a problem. It playing on that, I, I just kind of felt like you plug him in on that right side and you'd be fine. It it has been a psychological struggle for him. And as it's been a struggle, he's also struggled with his technique. But you could say that about you could say it about the center, you could say it about the left guard, you could say about the left tackle. They when they when they're not when they're struggling to run the ball, they just do not get any push and they don't get any sustain. And and it's making the backs not have to make they, the backs can't make any cuts because there's nowhere to cut for them. You're right. si- you're 6 yards of play passing the ball that ain't great on first down, but it's much better than 3 yards of carry right now on first down is what you're getting. Kellen yeah. Moore is going to have to pivot here a little bit and 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 throw the ball more on first down because yeah, sometimes Dak can bail you out on a lot of third and nines and he's been doing that the last few weeks outside of Washington. But that's what you set yourself up for is a lot of third and nines when you're running the ball like you did in Washington a yard and a half at a time on first down. Yeah. It's going to kill you. It, it absolutely is. And and right now, I, you know, I, I think what all of this last two years has meant to me is the Cowboys are uniquely vulnerable to good defensive lines. You know, it, it can take them from league leading offense to bad and usually Good offenses against great defenses go, okay, you're going to take 15% off of our fastball today. We're going to have to counter you, and it's going to slow us down a little bit. We're going to still find the end zone and play efficient football. A good, strong front against the Cowboys turns them into the Jets uh, with Zach Wilson at quarterback. It's... You know, uh, and, and it's it's now to a point where the defense isn't playing well enough to keep you in these games in the fourth quarter like they were with Cooper Rush. So that's what I'm expecting as we move forward into this playoffs and desperately in search of a get right game to to make me, you know, come back around to, to any sort of positivity. Here's Stephen Jones. And I have a question for you guys. How much of a threat is the playing surface to the Cowboys chances? Jason Garrett weighed in on this. I believe the Cowboys are one and four on real grass. You're going to Tampa where there's real grass. Here's Stephen Jones. You know, I, you know, there's all schools of thought. And uh, at the end of the day, you play the game where it's scheduled to be played. And we've got to go out and play our best football uh, to win a football game. And uh, I don't think the guys get, let it get into their head uh, as to whether it's on grass or turf. Uh, uh, I just think you, you suit them up, you put on your cleats, and you go play football. Is there anything to it in your history, Brian? I think he's a, I think he's wrong about this because to me when you start to talk about if a team has some speed and you're playing on grass because we were talking about it on the post game show that when we used to time guys on 40 yard dashes for our numbers we would we would we would take away a, a .8 off their 40 time because of the slowness of the grass. Yeah. So yeah. if you're a team that plays with eight. Yeah, .8. Wow. Yeah. No, there's something to this. Steven Ruiz wrote about this in The Ringer, and he had an article about, you know, a key to every matchup in the wild card weekend. And one of the keys he put for Cowboys-Bucks is, can the Bucks' pass protection hold up for more than two seconds? 
because Brady gets the ball out at an average rate of 2.3 seconds. And he also wrote about how the Cowboys won in four on grass. Well, when you look at those five games on grass, how many sacks does Micah Parsons have? One and a half. Yeah. And Demarcus Lawrence, just one sack on in those five games on grass. So clearly, it is affecting the Cowboys' pass rush, and the Cowboys' best pass rushers are not getting the sack totals on grass. Maybe you want to practice on real grass? They do. Yeah, yeah, they, that they, outs they, on it. They, they, yeah, when I'm out at the star, they they have been practicing on the grass, on, on the far, that far field. I, I mean, think. it is a remarkably different surface when you factor in the shoes and how they grip to that modern turf, you know. But if they're getting the practice at it, yeah. It, you know, for a long time they said your smaller, speedy, change of direction guys are going to thrive on the turf and not have as much of an advantage on the grass. Do you think that's just what we're looking at? A guy like C.D. Lamb, I mean, that's a cut master right there, and, and maybe it's a little bit less on the grass. So you will go to Tampa and then to Philadelphia where they have a, a combination. It's some sort of weird grass turf. It's yeah. like grass that's it's reinforced by turf. Is it's that what it is? It's sown in, yeah. The, the turf and, is sown in. And then obviously in. San Francisco would be grass I mean, as there's well. clearly something to it, but it doesn't feel like a good excuse, does it? It's I mean, not a good fast excuse. Fast guys all over the place yeah. playing on grass. Both I mean, teams are dealing with it. Tyreek Hill's known for being fast. He played in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It could just be small sample size. You know, there was a year where the Cowboys were 8-0 on the road and 4-4 four and four at home. I think that was 2014, and it's like you tell me you're worse at home. Sometimes weird things just happen. Well, they for won, it happened yeah. this year. They were eight and one at home and four and four on the road because they played the extra game at home this year. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.